All right, guys, welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Unfortunately, my guest today is not a coffee drinker, but we will make do and forgive him anyways. Uh, before you get going, have you tried coffee? You just don't like it? Or what's that story? Just never really gotten into it. To be honest, I like the smell of coffee, but I've just, I feel like if I start drinking it, I'm going to get hooked on it and rely on it. So I'm like, I'm going to just steer clear. You're a wise man. You're a wise man. Um, just to get started, if you want to introduce yourself, um, what position you play and what team you're currently signed with. Um, hi, guys. My name is Josh Cohen. I'm a professional soccer player for North Carolina FC, and I play as a winger at 10. Very cool. Very cool. So to start, we'll just kind of go back, um, share your youth story. What was soccer like to you? How did you first get involved in soccer? Um, what was kind of the, the whole process of soccer up into high school for you? Sure. So um, I started playing soccer super young age, like everybody, you know, their mom and dad just signed you up, kick a ball around. And I didn't start taking it too seriously until about under nines, under tens years old. Um, I joined Any, uh, anything specific that made you change to make it serious or um, kind of actually my one of my best friends, one of my neighbors, he was going to go try out for the local travel team. And I was just playing rec. My dad was the coach and he was like, you should come out and, and join the team with me or whatever. So I went out there, tried out and then just got super competitive, super into it. Um, kept trying to work my way up and up and up. And initially I was a huge fan of basketball, like to golf as well. Soccer was kind of like, you know, on the back burner until about 10 years old, I kind of realized I was not going to be six, seven and not driving at 350 down the middle. So I was like, you know what, um, start taking soccer a lot more seriously. And I just fell in love with the sport and started watching it. And yeah, the rest is history. I ended up, um, I'm from Indiana, was playing here for a while. And then um, when I got to high school, I kind of started to move around trying to find the best opportunities, moved to um, Real Salt Lake at the time was in Arizona. So I moved out there for my freshman year. And then I moved to North Carolina to play for the academy out there after um, RSL, which is now North Carolina FC at the time was Railhawks. But yeah. So obviously, um, making the decision to go to uh, RSL, you were very committed to soccer. Um, at that point, was it I want to do this because I'm good at it? I want to go to college? Or were you thinking professional at that point? Um, I mean, my dream from, you know, as soon as I started getting into it competitively was to play professionally at some level, of course. Um, at the time, it was really just trying to find the best opportunities, the best training, the best environment for me. Um, I, I wouldn't say that there was ever like a specific end goal, like I need to go here to try to get to college or whatever. It was always just I want to find the best opportunity, the best team, the best place I can play, the best team for my development. And um, luckily, I have great parents that were supportive of me and, and let me go out there at 13, 14 years old and move across the country alone and take on a new challenge. But uh, yeah, I was always just trying to find uh, ways to better myself and my opportunity, really. Now, how challenging is that at a young age uh, to leave home to chase the dream? It's It was tough at first, of course. You know, I miss my family and especially being so young, it was difficult um, being away from them. But all the guys out there were amazing. The facilities, the staff, everything was amazing, you know, and it's, it becomes a dream just to go to school, play soccer. And, you know, you're in Arizona, go to the pool every day after school, um, just go play around the performance center and everything. I mean, it was a great experience. And um, I tell people this a lot. I don't think I was necessarily even ready for it at 13 or 14 years old to go and, and try to, you know, be a pro before a pro really, you know, I mean, the way they run out there, you're professional before you are even in college. So, um, I wouldn't even say I was ready for it, but it was definitely an eye-opening experience, and it, it gave me a lot of value moving forward. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I know. And obviously in Europe, it's a lot more common, but to American yeah. um, players, it's such a, a foreign concept to leave home at that age. Obviously Definitely. most kids stay at their local club until high school or college and then leave. Um, so then you, you, you went out to uh, North Carolina, played on the U19s team? Yeah, I think at the time it was like 16s and 18s. 16s, so 18s? Years out there, okay. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you're starting to um, consider playing college. Was there any thought of skipping college, trying to go straight professional? Or what was that kind of process those last years of high school? Um, not really any process, uh, thoughts of skipping college, I wouldn't say. Um, for one, you know, I thought I still want to take my education seriously. You never know what's going to happen. I wanted to get a degree, especially because I certainly wasn't good enough to go pro out of high school. I don't think I wasn't physically ready for it. I, um, I've always been kind of a late bloomer physically, so I just wasn't ready to go play against grown men, I don't think. Um, we had an amazing college team – or academy team we did super well in the academy um we were always top 10 in the country my 16s and 18s year made playoffs every year um so we're very good so definitely college was just like on everyone's mind I think our team pretty much put everybody into school but um and and at really good schools as well so um I wouldn't say I was ready to skip college and a lot of people ask me like is college soccer you know beneficial there's a lot of negativity around it and of course there's tons of things that we could go on and on about that need right. to be fixed in college soccer but I think it is good for someone like me at least I wasn't ready to go pro at 18 years old like the guys in Europe do or some guys that are signing homegrown now um, so it definitely gave me a chance to you know continue to develop continue to grow physically and and be ready now um, and, and give me that extra couple of years to catch up yeah so what's the uh what's the college recruitment process like for you what schools were you looking at how'd you decide on the final school um so I was actually kind of a late commitment we had a lot of guys going to Duke Carolina you know we were in North Carolina so we had a lot of big ACC commits um early on guys have been in the area forever I showed up my junior year of high school in North Carolina so I kind of restarted everything I was kind of starting to get in the recruiting process here in uh Indiana and Arizona um but kind of moving out here kind of restarted with schools out in that area that were able to come see more um, and as time went on, I just kept reaching out to schools. You know, I would, I was that kid that would go around at, at the showcase and playoffs, handing out a little flyer, you know what I mean? Come to my game, come check me out. I try to email schools, get in contact, really just trying to hustle and, and get in front of as many coaches as possible. Um, luckily our team was very good. So, uh, it was real. If the soccer thing doesn't, you know, work out ever, you had the back of like the guy trying to hand out the mixtape yeah, CDs hey, on yeah, this corner and everything. I was a businessman before, uh, <laughs> I was a business major, but, um, yeah, it was good. I was I was just hustling, trying to find any way to get in front of coaches. And, and like I said, our team was super good. We were always in the playoffs, always. We won our division both years I was there. So it definitely helped that we had a good team. So coaches were always interested in watching. And then as time progressed, I narrowed it down. I ended up committing to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, Jay Vitovich had just taken over there. I was his first recruit. And he's obviously like a college soccer legend. He built Wake, you know, from the ground up. Um, so I felt like it was a super good opportunity to go to the ACC at the time was you know, they still are always really one of the best conferences, if not the best conference. So to go, and I knew I was going to get a lot of minutes as a freshman, they were kind of rebuilding. So it was like a unique opportunity to where I was like, okay, I'm going to, I, I, just, I don't belong to be playing in the ACC at, as a freshman. All these other guys are on the national team. They go sit for two years before they even get a chance at UNC, Wake, Virginia. So I'm like, I'm going to go there, get some valuable minutes and, and really um, go from there. And, and to learn from Jay was amazing. I progressed so much there. Um, unfortunately, it ended up not working out, and I transferred to Marquette. But at the time, I think I definitely made the right decision and, and go in there. Yeah, how um, how difficult is that? How 
uncomfortable of a situation is that to go in and have to um, tell your coach that you're transferring schools? Because I would imagine that's a terrible meeting. One of the the hardest things I've ever had to do. Jay is very professional, very cutthroat, business-minded, and to go face him in the office one-on-one, I was sweating bullets. I sat in the bathroom like they're – their office is on the second floor or was on the second floor of um, one of the, it was like our weight room and there's a track in there and everything. And they were on the second floor and I was in the bathroom on the first floor, just for 20 minutes in the stall, just like, I got to go up there. I, it's going to be horrible. I was sweating bullets, but uh, yeah, he was super, he was uh, really understanding about it and, and it went well. It was quick in and out three minutes. I was super shocked, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. That's for sure. Now yeah. I think it's more easier though. They got the, the portal or something and they can just put it in online. I wish that was the case. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, probably some um, valuable life lesson of learning to, to sure. face that and have to deal with it, yeah. even though it's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, then, then you end up choosing uh, Marquette. Mm-hmm. Finally come back a little bit more to the Midwest. Um, yep. What's, what's the process like? Um, Cause obviously, you know, a lot of players understand the process of, of their senior year and sending tape and all that. But now you have two years um, of experience, you have minutes in college, all of that. So in some ways you're, you're more desirable because you're yeah. a more finished product, but then in other ways, now you're recruiting just for a shorter amount of time as a coach. Yeah. Um, so unless you're, you're ready to stick in and play, you know, you maybe are overlooked or passed by some coaches or coaches say, Oh, he might be a problem. He's leaving this, that, and the third, that's not even true, but they just kind of, Oh, you know, yeah. don't want to deal with that. So what's that that process like? 100%. It's similar to, you know, getting recruited out of high school, at least from my experience, but also very different, like you said. Um, you kind of restart from scratch. Um, in my case, I was very lucky because I had a lot of minutes in the ACC. You know, I'd started 20-plus games, played 30-plus games, and and gotten over 2,000 minutes in, in the best conference in the country. So for me, it, it worked out really well because I had that on my resume, and I was able to say, like, listen, I can come bring real valuable experience to – whatever other um, schools were out there. But I was definitely so nervous because I transferred after the fall semester um, going to the spring. So I got, you know, Christmas break pretty much to figure it out and I'm going to have to go wherever it, wherever it lands. Luckily, I had a lot of interest right away. You know, I sent out, I think I sent out the emails. I just, I had been kind of formulating a list of a ton of emails leading up to going and speaking with them um, just to kind of be prepared. So I wasn't wasting time. Um, I see a lot of kids, they kind of just, oh, I'll just transfer. And then, you know, a week later, they're like, oh, I guess I should start reaching out. I'm like, where are you going to go? You got to be on it. So I kind of put together a big list of numbers, emails. And as soon as I talked to them and got the release that Friday afternoon, I sent it out to however many schools, 30 schools. And um, luckily, I heard back from quite a few right away. I had some good options. So definitely took a big weight off my shoulders, but I know a couple of kids had a similar experience and they were left scrambling and they weren't as fortunate to get some uh, opportunities right away. So it's definitely a stressful time. It's kind of risky, but it's also kind of rewarding. You kind of feel like a fresh, you know, exciting time. You can kind of reinvent yourself and go wherever. So it's good. And like you said, it can be difficult, but um, luckily for me, it worked out pretty quickly, pretty fast. And I got some good offers. Marquette came through and I, I was really excited about that. So I'd never even been to the state of Wisconsin before. Oh, no really? lie. When I show up on campus for the first day of school, that was the first time I'd ever been in the state. And I was just like, you know, they gave me a, a good offer. Uh, I thought the program was heading in a good direction. They had some good players. I was like, you know, that's what I care about now. I'm not here to get the tour of campus and get the whole, what are the dining halls, what are the dorms? I didn't care. I was like, I need a good program. 
where I can play, and that's all I cared about. So it worked out really well. And you came at like the worst time of year with that <laughs> that wind coming off the lake. Oh, right man. Oh, I never goodness. felt anything like that cold up there. It was. I was there one time in January, and yeah. that was the worst wind I'd ever felt. It was like every building oh. I'd go inside for 10 minutes, get the courage oh, yeah. to walk one more building. The wind blows off the lake and it just rips through whatever you're wearing, hits you in the bones. It's it's insane. It's terrible. So uh, you kind of answered, but the, the number one thing you were just looking for was just a stable, good program. Um, at that point, too, you also um, know more of what you what you want in a college coach, what you want, how the programs run. Um, with having multiple offers, was it, in a sense, easier to kind of just like ask what you needed to know, kind of not demand it, but in a way, you know, guarantee that you were going into the right environment? Definitely. I think I knew more like what to ask for, what to want, especially it's the same as a pro looking for agents or a different teams, same with college transferring schools. You kind of understand now, like the market, you know, what people you know, are getting paid as a pro or getting offered scholarship as a college player, you kind of know what to expect. You kind of know, okay, this is what I feel I'm valued at. There's no more, you know, wishy-washy games. I think as a freshman, you're coming out of high school, coaches can kind of, oh, you know, we got this and that and kind of toss you a bone or whatever. But I think when you're, when you're transferring, you have experience, you know, all right, this is what, I, I've been around the game. I know the way that this works. I know what to expect. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I demanded things, but I knew too, like, listen, if you really want me, they're going to give you scholarship. It's just how it works. If you're a guy that they're giving scholarship, you're going to play. It's just how it is. You, at least you have an opportunity, a much longer leash to start. I kind of realized that. Hit. I was like, the guys that are getting a lot of money are playing. It's just as simple as that. They're not going to be giving a, a whole scholarship to a guy to sit him on the bench. It's just not how it works. So I'm like, I need to see the money. I need to know I'm valued because I, I, this is when I started realizing I want to play professionally. I can't go somewhere and, you know, start from scratch. I need to go. I'm, I'm coming in here. I want to be a, a guy that can come in here, contribute. I don't necessarily need to be the main man and get all the this and that, but I want to be in there. I want to be on the field. I want to be able to play and I want to, and I want to show what I can do and, and push on because um, I realized guys would just kind of go to, and I, I realized too guys would want to go to an amazing program and that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, I would love to go to, you know, a top five program every year, win a national championship, but they'll go there and they'll never play. And by three or four years, they fizzle out. I'm like, I'm going somewhere I can play. I'm going to be respected. I'm going to be able to show what I can do because no one's going to, you know, try to sign me as a pro if I'm sitting on the bench. So, and, and I felt really valued by them. They made me feel real uh, um, like they really wanted me. I was like, all right, this is what I want. And it worked out really well. So I definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I always tell youth players, like take that 17 to 22 age range. And the biggest thing you need is minutes. And so oh, even if you're at the best program, sure. Great training. But if you're not getting game minutes, you're not going to grow and develop the way you need to. I couldn't agree more. So many kids want to go and the Instagram post is probably cooler when you're posting a UCLA, a UNC, you know, Stanford, it looks all great. And of course kids go there and play and it's amazing. But if it's like, if I'm going to go there and be in the stands or the furthest thing on the bench and never play for four years, or I'm trying to go to, you know, maybe a little bit of a lesser known or a little bit below school, um, but you're going to be the man you're going to play. I mean, there's nothing more valuable than playing, especially if you're trying to push on and continue your career. I mean, that's the most important thing is to play. Come on, but the free gear, though, at those. Oh, the gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk to me, how, how does two, two years at Marquette go for you? Really well. I mean, I went in in the spring. Um, I did pretty well. Um, I was starting out wide left, and it went pretty well. The fall, I kind of had a rough run of games a little bit, and I, I did actually get pulled for a couple of games in the beginning of my fall 
my junior season fall. What's that like? I mean, I assume that's doubt of that I choose the wrong school. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, of course. No one likes to get pulled. No one likes to get benched. But I understood they weren't going to just let me go. I mean, it goes, you know, hand in hand. Like I was saying, you want to go somewhere and feel valued and like you're going to play. But also, you can't go somewhere and just be told how great you are and you walk on water. I mean, they still held a good expectation of me. And for me, I was always good going forward. But sometimes they'd say, listen, you're just not defending. You're not doing the other side of the ball. And in college, that's super important. And definitely helped me develop as a player. I still knew they were holding me accountable. Um, which was really good, and it forced me to to improve my game in other areas that I could have gotten away with at other places. Um, so I fought my way back in. Then the second half of junior year um, was probably my favorite time in college. We ended up going all the way to the Big East final. We started off horribly. I got benched, came back into, fought my way back into the lineup, started really going. Ended up, I went from like zero and zero goals and assists to three and three. I think the last couple of games. We went all the way to the Big East final. I mean, it was just like an insane run. We went on, beat Creighton, who was the number one seed, and 13 rounds of penalties at their place. I mean, it was just amazing. So that run was so magical. Anybody that was a part of it will tell you. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, so it turned around. And then senior year, you know, we had a lot of good players. We had, a, unfortunately, we ended up getting some injuries to guys that were pretty important. And we kind of underachieved a little bit, I would say. But um, we still did well. I had a really good senior season individually. and. I was never really a guy that was known so much. Um, even junior year when I was doing well, I was never a guy that was getting phone calls from scouts or agents or coaches. You know, I kind of had to do it on my own and have a really good senior season to do it. And I did. And thankfully, I started getting some attention and, and definitely helped me out. But, yeah, I mean, it went. It was a great experience at Marquette. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds Almost in a sense, too bad that couldn't have been your senior year to go out. I know. The PKs and all. But it is what it is. Um, so then you you finish your senior year. Uh, I think you were points leader um, mm -hmm. that year, one team MVP and all. So obviously a, a good, solid year for you as an individual player. Yeah. Um, at that point, you're thinking, yes, professional is there. Kind of what's your process? Are you thinking, oh, maybe there's a draft. Maybe I get preseason. Do you get an agent right away? What's your kind of process into professional? Um, that was a good question. I'm glad you asked that because my route was a little bit different as well in this. Um, a lot of guys that, like I said, had a lot of hype or were notable all four years. They kind of had a lot of credibility. We're getting agents right away. Um, they were getting invites to the draft combines. Um, it was a little bit different my year than usual years. I think there was less kids invited and it was a little different, but um, regardless, I wasn't invited to any of that. I didn't have really any agents reaching out to me. I didn't really have any interest from MLS clubs, only a little bit. Um, and it's not until the very end. I mean, I, I had agents turning me, I was reaching out to agents. I was having people tell me not even big agencies just saying, listen, we're not really that interested in you. Like it doesn't really look like you have much going for you. So I was just like, whatever, kind of took the same approach as college again, just reaching out to as many uh, agents as I could, trying to just get my foot in the door anywhere. Eventually some USL teams started inviting me to some, to some combines, which was good. So that kind of got me a little bit of interest, did really well at a few of them. Ended up signing with FC Tucson. Um, they actually offered me straight out of college, didn't have to go to a combine or anything. So I felt like, okay, it's a good situation. I felt like yeah. I was going to get minutes there. Um, like I said, it's the biggest thing. I was like, you know, I'm not going to try to go to some insane team and not play. I want to go somewhere and, and be a part of it. So um, ended up signing with them. So did you sign without an agent? I signed without an agent, yep. And the only thing I, I, I negotiated, me and my dad negotiated it ourselves. We didn't know what we were doing, but – um, only piece of advice my college coach at Marquette was like, 
put an MLS draft clause, like release thing in there just in case, you never know. I was like, all right. So I did that, ended up signing with them, got invited to, the, I was included in the draft list then afterwards, after I'd already signed, I had no idea. No one had told me that was coming or anything. I just find out on Twitter, someone tagged me. I was like, oh. So ended up not even getting drafted anyway. So it wasn't a big deal. I, I think one or two MLS teams reached out, but it was nothing really seriously. Didn't end up getting drafted. So, all right, whatever, I already had two songs. I knew a lot of guys, you know, they they go get drafted and then they get released and they're left scrambling um, for a USL club right before preseason. So I was like, at least I know I have, you know, a solid option and, and it worked out well. But yeah, I did it without an agent. I was like, I feel like I was getting enough USL contact and enough people reaching out to me from USL clubs kind of through my Marquette coach anyway, who was kind of acting as, you know, an intermediary anyways. I was like, I'm not going to go give somebody 5%. To, I, I don't need anybody to help me sign a deal right now. So I'm not going to give away money um, until I need help. So it wasn't until halfway through this season that I ended up really looking for agents and signing with one. So. Gotcha. What's the, what's the feeling when you sign pen to paper on that first professional contract? Cause you have so many years of dreaming and thinking about it and then yeah. bam, there it is. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, a lot, like I said, a lot of the USL clubs um, were kind of inviting me to preseason, to combines, to camps, all different stuff. And I was like, it's all great. Then Tucson ended up calling me and I was expecting the same spiel, you know, I will bring you into whatever. And he was like, you know, we'll give you a deal um, sent over. And it was just like, wow, like, I actually can't believe I'm going to be a pro. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a dream come true. I mean, but I think, you know, you think of it for so long, but you kind of get lost in the process and you just, it becomes an expectation, not like a dream anymore. When I'm doing really well senior year and I'm realizing I'm going to go, I, I just never felt like there was another option. Same with coming out of high school. I just never, like everyone's like, oh my goodness, you went D1 or whatever. I just never felt like there was another option. I just kind of, it just becomes an expectation. You keep building up, building up, building up. And, and right now I dream one day to, you know, make it to the MLS and play up there. But I think when that day happens, it's going to be, I'm going to have worked so hard to get there that right when I'm right there, it's just going to be like, all right, it's, I know I belong. It's an expectation. You're not as, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. You know, it's like, all right, I, I deserve this. I worked for it and now I'm ready, you know. Which also points to the fact that you are putting in work to achieve yeah. the dream because otherwise if it was just like, oh, I want to do it. Oh, I did it. Then Definitely. I think it would feel more like, ah, oh. but you, yeah. you know, when you've been grinding for so long, obviously, it's yeah. not as much of a shock in that sense. Um, obviously, like from my journey that I've explained so far, some kids, you know, they were in the national team at 14, sign a homegrown at 18, go to Europe by 19 or whatever, big money moves. It all happened so quickly. For me, it was always like one step at a time, like clawing up so slowly, like committing last second, transferring to a better situation, doing well, grinding just enough to get a deal. You know what I mean? Now it's like, so it's always just been like a slow climb for me. Nothing happened like overnight where I was like, boom, all of a sudden I'm getting drafted to MLS, top 10 pick, huge deal, Adidas, sponsorship, all sorts of stuff coming all at once. So I think that's when you kind of get lost. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. But for me, it was always like, you know, I got to just get one bar up. So it never really happened so quickly. So. Yeah, absolutely. What's the, the biggest thing that maybe surprised you? Um, the first season of being a professional that was different than maybe high school, college clubs type situations? Um, well, I would say like, it's hard to say just because like, first of all, the COVID season 
through a wrench in so much. I mean, I, that was a very hard first year. Yeah, I mean, anything that. you could have expected, like, was out the window. I mean, I come into preseason, we're there for two, three weeks. We get a um, notification on our Instagram, you know, MLS posted season is suspended indefinitely, championship. Then us, it was like, wow, it's actually happening. And it all, it was just a crazy year. I mean, I can't even put it into words. It was all just like, so random, so uh, unpredictable. I mean, this whole year, 2020 was absurd, but I mean, being a pro, you just realize like how seriously you have to take it. Every day matters. You know, you have to take such good care of your body. People think it's this, oh, you get to train for an hour and a half, play soccer for an hour and a half, get paid and go home and do whatever. I mean, people don't realize like the amount of work and stress that goes into it. I mean, it's absurd. Every day is like, so competitive so intense you have to bring it every day there's no days off and and every player is good there's no weak links anymore you can't get away with you know a half-assed performance at training or in a game there's just no room for it so that's the biggest thing for me is just you just have to show up every day and turn up there you can't flip it on and off anymore the guys are too good so that's the biggest step for me sometimes in, tr in training in college you know you can go and you know, have a kick about. I still know I'm starting on the weekend. It's not a huge deal, but in in pro, it's not like that. You can't get away with it. The guys are too good. And you you enjoyed your first year, even with the the ups and downs of COVID and all that. Yeah, I mean, we were just happy we got to play, you know. And it was it would have been horrible to sign a deal and go a year without playing. So to go just to be able to play was amazing. Um, had a pretty good season, scored four goals. So I mean, it was a good experience, you know. I mean, it was what. It was, it was a, I would say, a better than average rookie year for me. I was top 10 in the league in a lot of stats, a lot of uh, goals and, and stuff. So I had a really good year. It was an amazing experience. And, and yeah, I mean, it was just great. I mean, so I'm looking forward to just keep pushing on. Yeah, so you finished the first year. Um, what's at that point? I mean, every, every uh, soccer player wants to continue climbing. Um, but everyone, I think, also – the longer they're in the game, they realize that the right fit is more important than Definitely. the right title, especially, you know, kind of like we were talking about with the, the college teams that people choose to go to. Um, what's your your process in signing with uh, North Carolina FC? How did that come to pass? Um, so obviously Tucson and I parted ways um, for whatever reason. It didn't work out. Um, so like I said, I played academy at North Carolina. I was already kind of speaking with them um, out of high school for sure. And then again, like towards this season, as I started doing well, started scoring goals, I kind of was reaching out when they were still in the championship. Um, so that was definitely a team I really wanted to go to. My academy coach is now the head coach there after um, Dave had stepped down when they dropped down. So I just knew it was going to be a great fit. I love the city. I love the people there. I know a lot of people there. So it's definitely on my radar already. Um, for, like I said, for whatever reason, Tucson didn't work out um, in re-upping me. So I was like, all right, I'm a free agent now. Luckily, like we talked about, I had built a good little resume for my first season. I got some good minutes, scored, you know, quite a few goals. Um, so I definitely knew like, okay, I'm probably safe as a League One player at least. Um, of course, do I want to move up? Of course, do I want to go to MLS or championship? Definitely. I think in a different year, who knows? Um, what happens this year, again, was crazy. A lot of teams dropped out of the championship. I think four or five of them. So you got, you know, what is that, 120 guys looking for four less teams. I mean, it's crazy. The budgets it's are crazy, lower. Yeah. You got the guys dropping from MLS. You got the college guys coming. You're losing championships. So now you got 120 extra free agents this year to deal with. I just knew, like, 
this year wasn't the year to try to get picky and try Just to get find on that roster. Yeah, try to go because I knew okay, I go to a championship team. I had some teams looking at me, some interest um, in the championship. I knew okay, going to a championship team and and you know starting from scratch again, kind of being a roster kind of guy. Is it worth it, or I can go in a place I really want to be at and a club that I really respect and love? A great fit for me, great club at North Carolina, and and having another really good year. And and then who knows, you know? And of course, North Carolina's very understand they want to push guys up too so I thought it was a great fit for both of us this season go help them out for a year or two um whatever happens and and keep trying to climb the ladder but don't try to, I wasn't trying to rush anything especially like I said this year it's just been crazy yeah yeah this year it's kind of you can find a team willing to pay at that point that's a, exactly. that's a win in and of itself exactly um yeah it's nice you have some some familiarity with with all of the the coaches the town all of that makes it an easier adjustment although looking at your career you've kind of been quite okay with just kind of jumping around the map of the u.s yeah. <laughs> um if you could go back to 15 year old self um what would be kind of the biggest piece of advice knowing now what you know that you would give yourself um, the biggest thing for me, I've always been a guy that likes to compare myself with others. You know, I'm trying to keep up with whoever's at the top of the game, whatever is the top of my league. I want to get up to their level, you know, and keep pushing on. I would tell my younger self, listen, the guys that might be in the national team at 14 and 15 and you're not aren't necessarily the guys. And a lot of times aren't the guys that even make it pro, even have a good college career. You know, the guys that you think are killing it in school don't necessarily end up paying out you just have to keep working focusing on yourself keep trying to better yourself and keep grinding because you know some of the guys that you think oh I'm never going to get there might not end up ever even you know making it to the level that that you are at you look back 10 years later five years later and you're like wow those kids were miles ahead of me then and now they're nowhere to be seen so just keep pushing keep focusing on yourself one day at a time and uh, you'll end up where you where you belong I like that. Um, what is your go-to cheat meal on an off day from soccer? Go-to cheat meal? Listen, I've had a lot of cheat meals. I'm trying to I've, – I've done really well cleaning it up since I've been a pro, but I was never the healthiest eater. But I love pastas and chickens now, so it's not too bad for me. But definitely burgers, burgers and pizza, you know. Love just some good old American food. Um, Always good. So, yeah, I don't drink soda. I don't really drink anything bad. Love some Gatorades and lemonades, but and and Sour Patch Kids. I had a big thing for those for a while, but I've cut them down a little bit. But I definitely it was, it was the watermelon ones when they sold them in two oh, pounds. Good. That was dangerous. So good. so good. I remember at Marquette. Um, I can't think of the the name of the dorm, the circular one. Um, it's like Brennan, yeah. and I don't, I don't know. Remember. They tore it down. Actually, did I don't they? Know about that, yeah. Because uh, I remember so uh, a girl that I was dating was there. And I remember yeah. every Monday night, they would do at like 10 p.m. go down to the cafeteria on the first floor. And they had like hot um, cookies with yeah. ice cream. And yeah. I was like, freshman 15 is going to be like freshman 25 <laughs> if that's the sort of thing. I know. They're not setting us up well. You know, that's why they didn't put any of us athletes in that dorm. They put us in the one down the street. Like, hell no. Uh, very, very wise from the coach. Um, my my last question is, uh, what's your your game you're most looking forward to? What's the team that you you most want to beat in the, in the league? Um, I mean, I think, of course, all games are important. The political answer, of course, all games are you need to win. I want to win every game I play. I want three points every time. I want to score. I want to 
I want to destroy teams. But, you know, of course, going back to Tucson, I mean, how can I not be looking forward to that game? Playing a lot of my friends from from last season that went back. So it'll be a great game, a lot of familiarity there. So um, I'm really excited to go back and see those guys. And hopefully uh, this year more fans in the, in the stands so you can see what the – the uh, different environments are at each stadium. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even have any fans uh, last season at a lot of places. We didn't have any at Tucson. Um, I think this year a lot of teams are having them, though. We're having them in North Carolina. I think Tucson got some. I know some teams already had them. So it'll be a good experience this year to kind of get that pro atmosphere and environment that I didn't really even get to see last season. You know, we played in some cool stadiums. But and another game, like Inter-Miami, you know, going down to Fort Lauderdale is amazing. That stadium is beautiful. But, like, with no fans, it's just bizarre, you know. So it'll be good to yeah. get the big deal this year. See, I I like this year where um, we had we had fans, but it wasn't so many, um, okay. especially at times when COVID was maybe a little higher in our area. A lot of people didn't come. Yeah. Um, and as a coach, it was the best because now no player could ever pretend like they didn't hear you yelling. Yeah, hey, everything was seen. So like the opposite winger who like usually he gets a free pass one half of the game because I can't oh, get I'm over to him. I know what it's like. You know, he's got yeah. he's still got to work back now. I, I'm screaming at him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing your, jo- uh, your journey. Um, I, I like it. I think it's unique in the sense that you were, you know, for especially for American player leaving home at such a young age, traveling around to um, multiple different environments, multiple different city states, um, both in high school, then college, and now even in professional. Um, I think there's probably a lot of growth that you, you, uh, found out and developed through those different processes. Um, but what I like about it too, for our younger listeners is that um, every journey isn't the same and that you don't, if you don't find the perfect environment right away, that doesn't mean it's the end of the road and there's still other options and other um, ways to make it to the professional ranks. I'll say there's one more thing, like uh, I don't want it to come across as like a quitting mentality. Like if something's not working out that you pack your bags and find somewhere else, you know, it's just like any job in in the real world, you know, you're at a, a desk shop from nine to five and you think you can get more money somewhere else or you can find a better opportunity somewhere else. I mean, you always got to be looking to better yourself. I see kids try to beat a dead horse at a place that's never going to work out and they end up fizzling out. You know, it's all about getting on the field, finding, finding an environment that works for you, that you feel like you're going to thrive in and then taking the most of it. So that's my biggest mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm not an advocate for, for just quitting when the situation gets hard, but I agree. There's also the balance of just in anything, recognizing your value and your um, contributions and skills. And if this is the right environment for your development, and that is obviously a different um, situation than just, you know, running and, and quitting yeah. whenever. I don't want to say hard. I wasn't quitting halfway through any seasons. Yeah. You know I, mean? yeah. I wasn't different halfway through seasons. <laughs> I finished every season, you know what I mean? But I recognized maybe this isn't working out the way I felt like it was going to or um, whatever the case was. And I was like, all right, I'm going to find a place that, you know, I'm really going to do well. So that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing um, your journey with us, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely.